0: specific waterways to stones, rocks, trees, uh, vegetation, animals, wildlife, all of that Um, and then actually believing in a uh, familial, a genealogical connection to them is I think a a little bit unique and something that I'm certainly proud of and uh, I think goes some way into helping those in the industry see just how important some of those uh, connections
1: are. I'm Troy, here as CEO, and welcome to Stirring the Pot. Thanks for connecting. If you're new, here's what you can expect. We're going to be talking the tough stuff, the things that keep us metalheads up at night. There are many challenges facing our industry, and equally many opinions on how we should tackle them. Stirring the Pot provides a facilitated forum to discuss and challenge these viewpoints. So let's get to the nuts and bolts of it. Today, our conversation is with Puhoro STEM Academy's Leyland Rufu, who is responsible for operations. As navigators, Puhoro is able to better support Maori student engagement with STEM disciplines via mentoring, tutoring, and wananga, which is experiential learning and field trips. We also have in studio our very first Fanake scholarship recipient and mechatronics student at Massey University, Sarah Lewis. who will be sharing her perspectives on STEM as an aspiring engineer starting out her career. Together, we'll scratch below the surface to better understand how we can improve Maori engagement in STEM and why that is important for our industry. Leland, how underrepresented are Maori in STEM?
0: That's a really good question. The current data suggests that it's uh, uh, around the 3% mark uh, participation in the STEM workforce here in New Zealand. Um, there has been talk that a more thorough uh, look into the numbers uh, was to take place, that that might, might be even lower. Yeah, not, not great, not flashed.
1: No, not great at all. Well, well, well under female representation. Um, what is our industry missing out? by not having that interaction with Māori?
0: Look, I we're a peculiar bunch of people, uh, 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 the Māori people, and I think uh, what we bring is uh, a diverse range of perspectives, uh, ways of seeing the world, uh, ways of understanding uh, the environment, people, um, that I'm sure is as diverse as uh, the range of cultures we have in New Zealand, but it is, I think, unique to being Maori, and so I think uh, an industry that is uh, looking for broad ways of solving uh, uh, problems or moving forward is, uh, would go well to, to have a have a look at what are what those Maori perspectives are. So. Um, you know, principles like uh Fanonga Tanga. Now we talk about those sort of connections or Tu Honotanga. So Tu is the the binding I guess um of one thing to another. And I think when you have that at the back as a backdrop, um, those ideas around uh connecting to waterways, specific waterways to stones, rocks, trees. Uh, Vegetation, animals, uh, wildlife, all of that uh, is, um, and then actually believing in a uh, familial, a genealogical connection to them um, is, I think, a a little bit unique and something that I'm certainly proud of and uh, I think goes into some way, goes some way into uh, helping those in the industry see that, just how important some of those uh, connections are.
1: Yep, definitely really relevant in terms of our members who would be working in the built environment, how it would be great to have a greater reflection of the natural environment and tikanga Māori in the built environment. Um, what about the goal or vision of Pūhoro in order to be able to lift that participation?
0: We have some big goals at Pūhoro. <laughs> um the one uh, main one is to to be uh the landing spot the um the point of contact for anything maori and stem um and that's all the way along the pipeline of uh those in primary secondary tertiary space, but even places for our industry our researchers our tertiary space to connect with that pipeline so that's one of our big goals. Uh, being so new in the game in our fifth year this year, we are solidifying what our secondary school phase sort of look, looks like, quite strong on that space now and now delving into the tertiary space um, and all along that way having uh, wonderful people like yourselves uh, uh, believe in the vision that we have for for Māori um, being able to thrive in, in the STEM space. So yeah, being that, I guess that hub, if you ever thought about something Māori and something science or something in the technology engineering space, would love for us to pop up first on Google or <laughs> um, uh, for us to be at the at the forefront of that. That begins with where we're currently at now with our students and so we have a goal to have over 3,000 students by 2022, which is a big goal. Over We aim to be in over 50 schools by then as well. So we've got some big goals in the immediate future that we think will really put us in a position for uh, providing the tertiary and hopefully the workforce with some diverse uh, Māori uh, skills and perspectives.
1: And you've had some really great successes in terms of the statistics and the changes in um, what those statistics are telling us. Hmm. What are your actual programs and what are the differences that Puhoro have already made?
0: Sure, so currently in high schools, we work uh, weekly with students uh, for one hour a week per school. Um, those sessions alternate between tutoring for uh, mainly external achievement standards from level one to level three. Uh, the other week we come in to do Kaihotu sessions. So uh, those in the schools are called Kaihotu. They're the big mouths on, on Waka on canoes. And they just keep everyone paddling at the same time, making sure that uh, we're all moving forward together. Um, and those Kaihautu run Kaihautu sessions, which is a combination of 21st century skills. Uh, so that's things like uh, resilience, um, you know, not being too friendly with procrastination, um, particularly around, and actually that one leads into the other side. So 21st century skills uh, and exam skills. And the other one is uh, career exposure. So... Having wonderful members um, of, uh, from industry come and speak to students is a feature of those visits. So weekly contact, sustained contact from Year 11. So for those of, for those of us before NCA, that's 5th uh, form <laughs> uh, all the way to 7th form or, or um, Year 13 uh, in their high school years. Once a term, we have uh, full-day on-campus experiences and that's to support those achievement standards they're doing in school by having another lab, another figure in front of them, another scientist in front of them, reinforcing those same achievement standards, but perhaps in a different way, perhaps with access to different facilities, resources. Um, So those are the two main ones, weekly visits, as well as those termly uh, wānanga, we call them. And that's actually where we pull all students together Um, and have up to 350 students um, hanging out as Māori in science, geeking out a bit, so those would be our two main ones.
1: I've seen one of those, they are really cool. (laughs) Um, I think I was really super impressed um, about the stats in terms of the impacts that Pūhoro is having. Can Mm. you tell us about those?
0: Yeah, look, um, one of the big uh, indicators of success for us is Uh, those achievement standards and how well Māori students are doing in them, especially the end-of-year exams. Now those end-of-year exams, they're called externals, and uh, that means that uh, schools don't get to mark them, they're marked externally from the school, and are considered to be the more robust achievement standards, and also traditionally a space where Māori haven't done very well in the science space with those externals uh, results. Um, Pūhoro students uh, have been doing phenomenal in that space um, and in most years uh, exceeding that or achieving up to the same level as non-Māori pass rates So in our first year, uh, back in 2016 uh, mechanics, our physics achievement standard uh, pass rates were 20% higher than non-Māori pass rates and that's the pass rate was, uh, I believe it was like 67% and our pass rates were 87%. Um, so that's not comparing Māori against other Māori, sorry, Pūhoro students against other Māori, it's Puhoro Māori students against the rest of New Zealand students. So.
1: Yeah, which is really an impressive outcome yeah. um, in demonstrating that the Pūhoro program is having a success and really having a strong impact.
0: And, and just one thing to add is that uh, seventy percent of those students weren't put on a pathway by their school to sit those externals. You know, schools, if they're sort of reading into the students' um, past the study and seeing that they're not likely, according to their metrics, to do well, uh, would normally do the internals or an internal-heavy uh, pathway or program. And at uh, Pūhoro, we really push the schools. Uh, sometimes it's a bit uh, <laughs> cut the tension with a knife. Uh, with school's a little worried about, um, you know, whether those students would uh, pass those achievement standards, um, but the students are really taking it and just getting on with it, which is amazing, yeah. bucking the trend really, eh? yeah. changing the narrative.
1: Yeah, it's really showing, um, I guess, a lack of appreciation of the capabilities there of those students and maybe some expectations that students are needing some support to overcome how that impacts them around their own perceptions of themselves.
0: And sorry, can I just add, I must acknowledge the schools are uh, taking that leap of faith with us. Uh, you're right, they they have traditionally, or many schools have traditionally uh, held off putting our Māori students through externals yep. um, and for them to work with us and really take a leap of faith with us has been amazing
1: yeah those schools should be proud too that they have invested in the opportunity that poor brings for their kids um what what is the actual underlying problem do you think in terms of historically why maori have not engaged uh, so prevalently in stem
0: look these all this is a really good question um I might answer it in two ways. The first would be that when a Māori student walks into a high school science lab, there's not a lot that screams out what's in there is Māori. Um, I think that's changing perhaps. Uh, I think that's probably uh, an instant disconnect for Māori students uh, operating in or uh, attempting to pathway through science. Um But I would say that schools that are, um, let's call it diversifying their approach to teaching science and maths and uh, those sort of fundamental uh, sciences uh, are picking up our Māori students uh, a lot more. Um, uh, So I I guess that just probably leads to just how Māori have or haven't connected with the curriculum. I might also add that um, schools have other uh, areas that Māori have generally been uh, done well in uh, perhaps on the sports field, perhaps uh, in other areas that they perhaps been curtailed towards and so I think um, with a programme like Pūhoro that is uh, working with schools as well as students and their families we're able to delve into the space that's the unknown with Māori in science and really build strong connections, really help students envisage themselves in that, using that fundamental science to propel themselves into some of the amazing careers we know that are STEM.
1: And how Puhoro funded? Hmm.
0: Uh, not well. <laughs> um, look, uh, there will always be uh, criticisms around funding or money that is uh, directed towards one culture or one ethnicity. Uh, But it's our view that uh, New Zealand will be better for it if we're able to elevate uh, uh, Māori in the STEM workforce. But going to your original question, which is how we're funded, we're funded by some great uh, organisations, some great uh, philanthropists, that word always gets me, Um, and uh, a few, so the National Science Challenge, our Land and water National Science Challenge, industry like yourselves who have um, put us up (laughs) uh, and given us a base of operations uh, here in uh, South Auckland. Um, So there have been monetary funds to fund the programme as well as in-kind people's time, resources, we find are just as important as actual money that's landed uh, and certainly we've been inundated with that type of support. Um, but initially uh, Te Puni Kokiri funded our first year. Uh, New Zealand Qualifications Authority uh, came in as well, uh, Palmerston North City Council and then from there, sorry, and Lassie University, University uh, where we're based uh, in Palmerston North uh, and where we launched our programme or uh, came on board and from there we've Um, Again, Counties Monaco District Health Board, the Tyndall Foundation, all have been um, digging deep to help uh, get us to where we are today.
1: What could a company, um, say one of the HERA members who is um, wanting to help students in their own local area, how could they uh, assist and engage with Pūhoro to be able to do that?
0: Look, um, your members would, I think, have a ball with some of our students and the vibrancy, the uh, perspective that they bring uh, to the way they see the world and operate in it. Um, if they're willing to dig deep into the secondary school space, which they're not obligated to, but might um, find themselves considering support in that space, uh, that might be in the, in the form of having their experts uh, come onto one of our uh, on-campus events um, and demonstrate or showcase perhaps some of the pathways that taking physics at high school might lead them to in the future or perhaps um, some really exciting stuff is um, coming up in the future in this sort of technology and actually... um, We actually don't have people training for that now, so if you want to consider a a space with us in 10 years, we need you to be working here. So there's those sorts of conversations and that type of support that your members might be able to um, find is beneficial for them, um, but also for for our students. Uh, Another way might be to um, have internships um, where we are now having... Uh, Many of our students come into phase two of our programme, which is the tertiary space. Um, First, second, third, fourth year of their degrees, summer internships, uh, I think is a great way to um, uh, support students through their journey, keep them uh, involved and integrated in their studies, seeing the light at the end of the tunnel perhaps, or the light at the end of the textbook tunnel, <laughs> <laughs> um, and actually uh, getting the chance to uh, apply the physical hands on uh, side that perhaps some of these studies might not offer. So, internships I think is a good space, and we all love, <laughs> we all could do with uh, our bank accounts being topped up to provide uh, some of the amazing events uh, and opportunities that we have for our young people.
1: Because, really, you would need, sorry, just say we've got a member in. in an area where there isn't already a puhoro program, really, the process would be that there would need to be funding mechanisms for puhoro to be able to engage with a local school there. Mm-hmm. And I think the minimum participation level is twelve students. Is that right?
0: Yeah, between ten and fifteen is where we where we sort of um, initiate that discussion, and sort of hope to sort of land around twelve. Yeah, and then sort of by the time they get into three years with us, we. We try and hold twelve, but it's likely that we'll drop to around that ten mark. So, um, in order to start in a new region where we haven't gone, so we're currently South Auckland, semi-central Auckland. <laughs> um, we have very plenty of schools that are part of the program. Uh, Manawatu, where we initially uh, launched the program, and this year in Christchurch, um, standby for the Hawke's Bay, uh, hot off the press, uh, standby <laughs> for an announcement in that space, but. If there was a uh, one of your members that was uh, keen to see Pūhoro in that region, yeah, it's just around seeing if we can pr- uh, find um, the funding to uh, perhaps more than one school. We sort of like to hover around the six to ten schools in a region. Okay. Um, but yeah, all of those sorts of conversations, happy to have and um, yeah, I, w- I, would, I would ask that if any of your members were even considering um, and, uh, and are perhaps unsure about what it looks like, there's nothing like a good conversation that uh, could uh, um, answer those uh, questions. Yeah.
2: Cool.
1: Uh, now, Sarah. Hello. <laughs> you are our very first whanake scholarship recipient. Tell us about your actual degree that you're doing and why you were interested in studying that?
2: Uh, Currently, I am a second year, moving into my second year of a mechatronics degree at Massey University in Palmerston North. I didn't exactly think, uh, you know, I didn't go through the entirety of high school thinking I'd become an engineer. That kind of just popped up near to the end. And out of all of the you know majors in the degree mechatronics seemed to be the most interesting one in my opinion <laughs> and how did you come
1: to be part of the puhoro Fano?
2: oh um year 11 I got called into my science teacher's classroom I guess she saw something in me <laughs> because uh there were 15 of us I think called in And we were asked if we wanted to be a part of this new program um i think science tutoring was dropped in there somewhere (laughs) and i decided yep that'd be really cool you know it'd help the tutoring if i struggle with any of my studies i can just go and ask questions to them prior to that had you thought about stem not really i mean i found it interesting kind of Uh, Admittedly, in Year 9, I failed science. (laughs) Uh, But in Year 10, I found it really interesting. Mostly everything but biology was, you know, interesting. I liked chemistry and physics at the time. And how did, um, how has Pūhoro helped you with your studies? They've been really supportive, not just, you know, with the tutoring and all that. Uh, Last year, they gave me a living cost scholarship which really helped for my first year of university and, you know, dealing with all the changes. I think I had to buy $400 worth of textbooks and then a $600 laptop for uni, so the extra money went uh, a long way in the long run. They've also, you know, been a really supportive uh, system. Like, they're pretty much like family now, far now. Did anybody try to talk you out of doing engineering? Um, No, I'm pretty sure my entire family just aggressively encouraged me to do it. (laughs) Uh, One of my brothers might have been a bit iffy about it, but he came around. Do you think you have faced
1: any particular challenges being
2: Māori in your degree? I know that for some Māori, they might struggle a bit with the lack of Māori in the classes. I think in my class I can only confirm that there was one other Māori. (laughs) I don't know if any anyone else in that uh, class was Māori and that was made up of two different degrees. Mm -hmm.
1: That was probably high representation by the way (laughs) (laughs) compared to other degrees in
2: universities.
1: So what um, do you think are the reasons why Māori are not engaging with STEM and engineering in particular?
2: I mean, maybe like me, they just never considered it before. Mm -hmm. Uh, I personally didn't consider it until, you know, well, engineering in particular until year 13 and then STEM in general until year 11. Um, It just didn't cross my mind. Uh, Some families might, you know, not have the opportunity to do it, so they just kind of write it off.
1: And how did you first hear about the whanake scholarship?
2: Uh, One of the kaihotu from Puhoro mentioned it to me in an email. (laughs) And I thought, oh, I might as well give it a shot, you know. What's the worst that can happen? (laughs) That's good. Were you nervous? Uh, Very nervous. (laughs) Um, Admittedly, in high school, I tried to apply for a scholarship before, and that didn't go through (laughs) that didn't happen so I was a bit bummed out by that so you know after that always a bit worried when I have to put in applications for anything
1: and what does it feel like with so few Maori in engineering that you are essentially forced I guess into being a role model
2: it's not too bad um I hope I'm a positive role model I try to be I'm just trying my best and you know, it's a bit stressful, but uh, a lot of things are very stressful. (laughs) Yeah, first year
1: of university is stressful. Yeah. Tell us about the project that you're working on because you're doing your internship with Hera at the moment. Tell us about that.
2: Um, So currently I am working on a project to increase engagement between Māori and the industry. Uh, so I've been mainly researching for the entire project uh, and I think there's a lot of pl- opportunity um, mo- mainly with, you know, school-aged kids yeah. um, and tertiary students I would like to also include something more with, you know, people of the older age range, but it's a bit difficult considering that for the industry there's not a lot of opportunity unless you've gone through tertiary, I think. Yeah, just off the top of my head, I think our industry might not have a lot of opportunity for people, but I would like to support, like come up with something to maybe support them better. We know that only
1: 16%-ish of engineers in New Zealand are women, and I reckon um, Leyland mentioned that uh, there was about 3% Māori in STEM. I reckon in engineering it's probably a lot lower. Um, and if you combine those two, the representation of wahine would probably be minuscule. Mm-hmm. Why do you reckon that is? What, what are the some of the issues there? Do you think it's because people aren't attracted to engineering or they're not um, – encouraged to consider engineering
2: or engineering has traditionally been a male dominated field and even with other fields uh i mean i can't say for sure but i think that it's slowly coming around to more people like more females joining the field but it's not happening very quickly because you know there's still the whole uh idea that, it, you know, guys do engineering and maybe, you know, women don't really think about doing it.
1: And what words of encouragement would you give to students to reach out for support and apply for scholarships?
2: Um, just just do it. I mean, the worst that can happen is that uh, you won't get it and you can try again, but uh, support is really important. If you need it, go for it. Uh, if I didn't have the support that I did I think I would crumble a bit and you know seriously don't be discouraged if you don't get it if the scholarship uh, you know if you fail one scholarship application like me you'll probably get one in the end just go for anyone increase the chances of you getting it uh, but don't forget to put time in into your applications because that can really make you uh, your applications look better. And how are you finding the
1: internship in terms of the experience of working in industry?
2: I mean, it's it's nicer to have a more compact schedule. As for the environment, it's, it's quite nice. The people are nice around here. Uh, co-workers are nice, so that's a bonus. It's good, I think. I mean, it's nothing to get worried over if you're coming in new to the field, I think. But that's just my experience. (laughs) Yep.
1: And we will be announcing our next whanake scholarship recipient in February. Yep. um, And you'll be there to award the new recipients. So hopefully there are people out there who aren't shy to apply.
0: Mm. I think as perhaps you build up the whanake recipients and awardees, Um, you'll start to build up the narrative around their experiences.
1: If you were going to be saying something to someone out there, especially a woman, about considering engineering,
2: what would you say? If you have an interest in it, go for it. It's a really interesting field. I mean, I haven't seen very much of it personally, but, you know, there's all sorts of different engineering, there's structural engineering buildings and all that. Is mechatronic type engineering where you can, you know, make robots. And, you know, there's just a lot of possibilities. So if you're interested in engineering, just go for it.
1: Yeah, I think a lot of people, if they are interested in STEM, they are going into, for example, medicine because they're wanting to help people, um, or they're doing something else like environmental science because they're wanting to help the environment. But there's always a discipline within engineering so a lot of the breakthroughs in medicine are happening through biomedical engineering for example um, what would you say around the link between values people's values in engineering as a field and the opportunity for people to work within their values within the discipline of engineering
2: i think that it's it's possible to do that and uh you know if you're all for the environment uh and sustainability uh particularly in this field i know that you know you can definitely work into those and i'm sure that you can for a lot of other fields so you know if you feel really strongly about something that should you know you'll definitely be able to find somewhere that you can go that'll support your values
1: Thanks for joining our conversation with Leyland and Sarah today. If you'd like to connect more with them and the work they do, the details are in the show notes. For me, this has been an important conversation. I'm personally very passionate about achieving better diversity within our industry and to me, increasing Maori engagement in STEM is part of that puzzle. It's why we've been driving the development of a transformation agenda for the New Zealand steel industry which we believe will be integral in improving our deliverables in the social capital space of the living standards framework. We must find ways to better support local community and grow trust because as the whadetaki or Maori proverb says, waka, ekeno,
2: we're all in this together. Thank you.